0: How's it going, Katanning? We're back for another episode of the Katanning Podcast. I'm here with a uh, special guest today, uh, Dr. Amanda Slagle. And uh, thanks for coming and joining today.
1: Yes, I'm really excited. This is where all the cool kids in Katanning hang out. In here,
0: <laughs> that's what I'm hoping. This is gonna be like the who's who around Katanning. Like, if you get, make it to the Katanning podcast, you just made it. Oh, so okay. I yeah. Get, <laughs> I think this is episode number five, so you're one okay. of the first guests still. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, so um, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, you know who you are in the community, and we'll go we'll go from there.
1: Okay, great. Um, well, I originally grew up in Katanning, and then recently moved back about a year ago. And I took over Dr. Flanders' chiropractic practice here in town. Um, Dr. Flanders was practicing here for 43 years. He wow. he faithfully served katanning and so, Uh, May 1st I took over his chiropractic practice and we're in the same building right behind the post office You know as he was all those years.
0: Okay. So when did you start that? How long ago was that?
1: Uh, May 1st was the the very first day we took over. Okay. So we've been here five months now.
0: Well, very cool Very cool. And how's it going? Is it going okay? I'm assuming. Yeah,
1: yeah We've uh, had so much positive feedback and support from the existing patient base, you know And then a few new patients, you know, that have also found us um, and I, I couldn't be more pleased with that. Um, and, and, and Rich and Pam Flanders you know, have been so supportive and so instrumental in helping that transition go really smooth. Um, and I couldn't be more grateful for them too.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of—I don't know if you know—I was a similar situation. I took over for like forty-some years, State Farm agent. So, oh, I didn't uh, realize that. So it was kind of like that similar transition. So, mm-hmm. but I do want to know more about your business. We'll talk more about that, but okay. I kind of want to go back through and just learn more about you as a person. Uh, I know just getting to know you over the past few weeks, it's been really mm-hmm. interesting. All the things that you've been a part of over time. Okay. And um, I know you grew up in Cattanning, mm-hmm. right?
1: Um, technically, Spaces Corners okay. is where my parents live.
0: Pretty um, pretty close. Yeah. I mean, we're just, you know,
1: we're just up 66 a, a little bit. Um, graduated from Katanning High School, and uh, I may have been the only person I know that moved once and ended up going to three separate schools because of it. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, we moved. Uh, I, we lived out near Rural Valley, and I'd gone to Shanock Valley a few years, and then we moved to Spaces Corners, where my parents still live. And at that time they had closed Spaces Elementary, moved everybody here, consolidated high schools. Um, so I went to the building they're just tearing down now for yep. the fifth grade. And then they reopened Spaces Corners, so we went back out there for sixth grade. Oh and then <laughs> they brought us back down to that same building uh, for seventh and eighth grade, but they renamed it yeah. as, uh, I think it was Catanning Area Middle School then, and then I went to Catanning High School. So one move, three schools, all different names, but it was only two buildings. It was really crazy.
0: So even <laughs> so, the Catanning school history is even more crazy than I'm aware of because I know all the closings and openings of yeah. Fort City and Catanning they combined at one point, re separated mm-hmm. Elderton, yes. closed several times. Yes. Like, so wow. Yeah. There's been no a idea. there's
1: been a lot of um a moving and and changing the the structure of that to really find something that fits the community. Yeah. Um so it seems like now I think they have a pretty good handle on it. Yeah. So
0: and they're tearing stuff down so there's no going back at this point. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Not a whole lot you can undo there.
0: <laughs> right, right. So what was it like uh, growing up in Catanning? you know, how did you feel about the the town when you were growing up? You know, mm-hmm. what was all that like? What was your childhood like?
1: Um, you know, I you know, I, I grew up out more outside of town and, and so that was a more rural experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had chickens and some things like that growing up. Um, but Unfortunately, I really grew up in the town when it was at its peak of the decline. Okay. And um, I don't know if this is factually correct, but at least we were told around that time when I was graduating high school that the biggest employer at that time was Walmart, and it hadn't even been converted to a super Walmart at that point. Oh, wow.
0: Okay.
1: And so, you know, when I was young, we had PPG um, PPG here, and we had um, Elder mm-hmm. here, and those were huge... Huge uh, sources for work and income, and I can remember growing up and those things closing down, and my, you know, my friends' dads losing their jobs and things like that. So. Unfortunately, growing up, I didn't have a really positive attitude about the town because I was seeing some of the worst of the decline. Absolutely. Um, and so when I graduated high school from Catanning here in 1999, I headed off to college and had no plans of ever coming back. Yeah. Um, like a lot of my, my friends and classmates. Um, and yet here we are and I'm yeah. back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really interesting because I, uh, I just was visited the 10th grade class. I was teaching mm-hmm. driver's ed for the day. And it was like 90% of the kids Mm -hmm. there, um, yeah, probably 90%, it was like two out of every 20 were said they want to live in Armstrong County when they grow up and raise a family here. Wow. And so it was really crazy because I think that's something that we really need to get a hold of. because If we keep losing the top 10, 20, 50% of of kids, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's going to be a real, real problem for the town moving forward. You have like kind of brain drain. Yeah, absolutely. So we need like... The smart doctor level people to come back to town <laughs> and start businesses. Like a, that's yeah. what katanning's going to need to thrive um, throughout the future. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, really interesting. Okay, so what was that? I just want to know a little bit more because just from your perspective, as someone who was younger when the elder plants closed, I, I know a lot of people who were you know working age when that was happening. Mm-hmm. So from your perspective, as that happened, as those things were closing down, like what was the what was the air like in Katanning at that point? I mean, what what was the feeling in around oh, here?
1: Oh wow. Um, there was a lot of just heaviness. Mm -hmm. I I think would be about the best description, and a lot of uncertainty. Um, You know, it it felt like so in so many ways the community had the rug pulled out from under it. Yeah, Um, especially especially when PPG closed because. Um, you know especially the town of Ford city even more so i mean the town was basically founded around oh, yeah. the plant yeah. and now its roots were were gone yeah and um and there was just a lot of anxiety and a lot of uncertainty and um you know and even though i was still fairly young when that was happening you know we all knew what was happening and, and we all picked up on it right. um for sure um so anytime you have a community that just that experiences that level of loss, it, it's going to leave some scars, absolutely, um, just on the psyche of the whole community.
0: I always think of like, like if a community could be depressed, as an individual uh-huh. is depressed, yes. like that's what I feel like it would have felt like. I wasn't here, but
1: I think that's a really good description yeah. because okay. people were very anxious and very hopeless um, because they just didn't see. Any good ever coming back. Yeah. Um, so it was a really tough time for the town for sure.
0: Okay. I was just yeah. I was just curious. I know that's not on our list here to talk about. Hey, okay,
1: that's okay. That's a uh, great question.
0: Yeah. So, what, well, I mean, after that then, so you graduate high school, mm-hmm. you went to college, I'm assuming somewhere? Yes.
1: I went to, I did my undergrad at Penn State Baron up in okay. Erie, PA. Yeah, yeah. So I spent four years uh, living in Erie, uh, dealing with snow up there. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um great school though and uh got a, uh came home for a few months and then moved to buffalo new york so we did 6 years of living in the in heavy lake effect snow areas wow
0: okay so uh, did you do like uh, graduate school there or I don't no know? no or-
1: i did my undergrad and then um came home for a little bit, got a job, got married, and then we headed out to Buffalo. That's awesome. So, yes. Um, And my husband's a native, too. And, uh, you know, so he grew up here. He grew up you know, actually in the borough, so he's even got stronger Cattanag roots, I think, than I do. Oh wow, okay, very cool.
0: Maybe we got to talk to him someday. Yeah. <laughs> so you go from here to Erie to Buffalo, and then where did you end up?
1: Um, after two years in Buffalo, New York, and more snow than I even knew was possible, <laughs> uh, I took a job transfer and went to Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Okay. And uh, we went to da- we were in Dallas, Fort Worth for eleven years, then before we came back to Pennsylvania.
0: Oh wow, okay. So yeah. you were really ingrained down there at that point yeah
1: dallas fort worth is is always going to hold a special place for us because it wasn't necessarily where we were from yeah but it definitely was home for a long time you know we had our daughter there um we had a great you know community and friends there and it was tough to leave for sure um although the last summer being there when i was nine months pregnant helped <laughs> helped kind of you know shift us to leave for sure yeah absolutely
0: <laughs> Yeah, we only had one baby in the summer, and my wife said, "Yeah, I, I like winter babies better." <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So you travel all around, and mm-hmm. then you ultimately decided to come back to Kitaning. What made mm-hmm. you guys decide to come back, and you know, how did that? How did that all happen?
1: Um, well, we definitely wanted to move back closer to our family. Um, after being gone so long, we were feeling that void of mm. being so far away from family. Um, you know, we were 1300 miles away. That's a two day car drive Mm. or it's 24 hours. If you drive it straight through, but you got to be really committed to do that. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, we've done it a few times, Yeah. but, um, it was just really hard to have, have that really close relationship with your family when you're that far away physically. Um, and then when we had my, our daughter, we're like, okay, we wanted to be closer to family. Um, we weren't really sure where we were going to land. Permanently, but we knew we wanted to be close to family. Um, and so, when I graduated chiropractic school a year ago, I had a job offer for a one-year contract in Johnstown. And so, I was going to cover an office there um, okay. while the the owner was was moving out of state and it was for sale. And so, um, you know, it was going to be a coverage position for a year. And uh, so that was going to give us a place to land and we could, you know, make our final decision about where we were going to settle. Ultimately, sure. it was going to be somewhere in western Pennsylvania, probably within about an hour radius of Armstrong County, because, again, we wanted that closeness. Yeah. Um, and then the day we left Texas, that practice unexpectedly sold and the job offer was gone.
0: Oh, my gosh. So
1: <laughs> we went from plan A to plan Z really fast. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Wow. So, yeah. And then, uh, I'm assuming just through the passage of time, you ended up connecting with Dr. Flanders and all that stuff happened. Them.
1: Yeah. Well, um, when you move across country and you and your spouse don't have jobs yet mm. and you have a two-year-old, well, she was, she wasn't even quite one yet actually. Yeah. Uh, when we left Texas, um, you hit the ground running really fast to make something happen. Um, cause you can't live in your mama and daddy's house forever. Right. Um, <laughs> shout out to mom and dad for <laughs> letting us <this> crash there. <laughs> um, But, you know, so I got here and I just started networking and reaching out to every chiropractor I could find in the area. And I had three questions. Do you know someone's hiring? Are you hiring? Or do you know somebody who wants to sell a practice? Yeah. Um, Because... The, the proper ramp up time to really open a practice from scratch is a good six to nine month ramp up period. Oh yeah. And it's, you know, it's a big, big commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what my plan was after the year of working in Johnstown, we were going to go ahead and do that. But without that foundation of, of, you know, a year working in a really good profitable position, you know, we had to hit the ground running and, and more bootstrap it than I would have been comfortable with. Yeah. Um, so when I you know I reached out to several chiropractors in the area all of them were super receptive and super helpful Um, you know people gave me some some people to talk to and job leads and things like that Um, and ultimately I called Dr. Flanders just basically cold called him and asked him the same questions and it turned out that he'd really wanted he'd been really thinking hard about retiring Um, He'd cut his hours back over the last several years just to, you know, preserve his own health. Right. And um, he just never found the right person that he felt comfortable handing his patients over to because... As you can imagine, after forty-three years, his patients really were family to him. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, they there's a lot of close friendships and close relationships there, and he didn't feel comfortable just handing those those people to anybody. Absolutely. Um, so as we started talking, we both realized we had very similar philosophies on what it, what it meant to take care of a patient chiropractically. Um, also, you know, our values were much in line as far as, um, you know, our appointments are a little bit longer than, than a typical chiropractor's appointment. We, we give people the time they need. Um, I try really hard to run on schedule, but if I run a little late, at least the patients understand that if it's their turn and they need a little extra time, they're going to get it, too. Right, so right. most of my patients are understanding about that part of it, too. Well, That's really
0: awesome. Yeah. So I'm really glad you ended up here instead of Johnstown. <laughs> I mean, we, we need yeah. you here for sure. So. Yeah. So I'm trying to, like... Put together the timeline, just math in my head. So you were Mm -hmm. away six years up north, Mm eleven years down south. Mm -hmm. So seventeen years passed from when you left Katanning to when you came back. So what? What all was different? Like when you came back, what was the? What did the town feel like to come back here after kind of being here at the after the fall?
1: Um, I had to really check my my conception of the town because while some things were the same, I mean. You know, Miller's Hoki Shop, still there. So right. t- although, but they have a third location now. And, <laughs> you know, and they handed the restaurant down a generation. So things were changing. Um, but it was really neat to see some of the new businesses that had come into town, like Yamamoto. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine a sushi place in Katanning in know, my right? wildest dreams. <laughs> I mean, even in Butler, a sushi place had struggled, you know, in the past. So I was really shocked about that. Um, I was really pleasantly surprised to see people actively moving to Catanning. Mm-hmm. I was running into people all the time that were saying, oh, yeah, I moved here from such and such, or I moved here. And I'm like, why did you move here again? <laughs> it, was, it caught me off guard a little yeah. bit. Um it's sort of it was take a good mind, thing. You have to yeah. take that to
0: mind shift, because people yeah. always asked us that, too. They were like, yeah. wait, you're not from here, and you uh-huh. came you came to Catanning? Yeah. Why would you do that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And I had to check that mindset, because... You know, when you look at um uh, as far as what it has to offer, there's actually a lot here, mm-hmm. a lot of raw materials, so forth. I mean, we have a beautiful river here. Um, we have, you know, the facilities of the park here. Yeah. Um, you know, you have a pretty decent school district. Now, I've lived in a few different states, and let me say... Um, No school district is perfect. Absolutely. But the education I got here in Western Pennsylvania was far superior to the educations I was seeing my friends' childrens have in other states. Oh wow. Um, you know, as you know, I had so many friends in Texas that either homeschooled or did private schooling because of the quality issues, and they were those were decent schools. But um, I feel like the education I got here on the East Coast was head and shoulders above what a lot of other places are are offering.
0: Okay, so what? That's I mean that kind of leads right into my next question. Mm -hmm. So, just talking about catanning and um, you've seen a lot of things. You know, Mm Buffalo's Buffalo and Erie are kind of have that Rust Belt Pittsburgh kind of feel. And then you have, obviously, Dallas-Fort Worth is a totally different world. Oh, my gosh, um, so, yeah. <laughs> so those, you know, kind of contrast those for me. Is there anything that you really miss about Dallas or Buffalo that you kind of wish was in Katanning, Or is there anything in Katanning that you're like, wow, this is so much better than there? Or, um, I mean, just that, I don't know, just off the top of your head, does anything stick out?
1: Yeah, one of the, the most startling things when we first moved to Texas was how... Proud people were to be from Texas. <laughs> I've heard that I too. mean, you you can't go anywhere in Texas without seeing a Lone Star symbol somewhere. It's on the overpasses. It's decorates all kinds of things on the highways. Um, people have them all over their houses. I mean. Um, And not only that, but there was an extra sense of pride if you had actually been born in Texas. Um, There was (laughs) even bumper stickers you'd see a lot where people would say, you know, native born Texan. So I mean, there was like this extra level of pride because they'd actually been born in Texas too. Um, So I just never been anywhere that was so proud to of, of where it is yeah. and what it is well that's um, a huge
0: contrast with katanning <laughs> right because yeah. people are you know if you go anywhere and you're from katanning it's like people almost like yeah. they're like whisper it i'm from or they'll, they'll say yeah. I'm, I'm from north of pittsburgh yeah that's how people from katanning would introduce themselves yeah. to me before i moved here i'm like okay well just tell me you're from katanning like, yeah nothing yeah. to be ashamed about <laughs> yeah
1: so that that was a definite culture shock for yeah. us Um, The other thing was just the availability of stuff. I mean, the the neighborhood I lived in before we moved back, I'm trying to think, uh, I could be at one, two, three, Three different WalMarts, a Sam's Club, a Costco, and two different Targets within a ten-minute drive of my house. Oh my, yeah. Um, that's that's really different. Oh yeah, um, and, and sometimes I do miss a little bit of that convenience factor, um, because if you know if something wasn't at one store, well I could just drive ten minutes and, and it'd get it a different location, and right. I could usually get what I wanted. Yep. Um, so accessibility is 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 something I do miss a little bit.
0: Yeah. Okay. So when you, you kind of have that trade-off then, as we moved from Greensburg and where mm-hmm. we lived, we were right between the mall on one end and Best Buy and all yeah. that stuff. And then the other end had Target and Walmart. We were mm-hmm. 10 minutes from everything also. Mm-hmm. So that was a struggle for us too. Now the trade-off is like you get the small town feel with Catanning. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have to drive a little bit further, but mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways we like it better here. Yeah. Do you have anything about Catanning that you're like, oh, wow, that, this is what we like this better here?
1: Um... Two things really stick out. The first one is traffic. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I My last commute was 16 miles in Dallas-Fort Worth, and depending on traffic, it could take me over an hour to make that 16-mile trip. Mm-hmm. And it was highways. It wasn't even back roads. It was yeah. highways. Um, and and Lord help us if mm-hmm. there had been an accident on one of the main main. Intersections or one of the main interstates because that just threw everything off into yeah. chaos. <laughs> um, so, so traffic was was uh, a huge thing, and that was a big step of quality of life for us, oh, yeah. um, being in a smaller area and not having to deal with traffic like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, I was. That would take years off your life dealing with some of the traffic. Well, yeah, issues. and you only
0: have so much time with your kids too. Yeah, and that's like if you're spending two hours in traffic every day. Yeah. I don't even know what I would do, honestly. Yeah,
1: I mean, I would pick my daughter up from from daycare and boogie home, and I'd pick her up. Um, I left my internship and would try, would had to be at the daycare to pick her up before six. Um, which I had to leave my internship early to make sure I could get my daughter on time because, you know, you don't pick up a baby from daycare late. That's right. that's a big no-no. Um, and we would get hit the highway at 6, which is prime traffic time. Yeah. And we would be, you know, it would be close to 7 o'clock by the time we would get home. And with a really young child, that's basically we get her in, get her bathed, give her food, and then she's to bed. Right. And, you know, that was that was our existence. Yeah. Um, so I really didn't get a lot of time with her during that season yeah um, so that's thankfully that was a short season for us um, you know till I finished school and finished the internships um, and we were able to change you know our day-to-day routine but that was a really tough uh, part of it for a while
0: yeah and I can imagine too I mean Dallas-Fort Worth is kind of economically pretty vibrant oh yes um, and then you have it's obviously growing really fast uh-huh. and then you have, but then you, that brings up cost of living stuff too, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know what cost of living is down there versus here, but um, like, what's that look like?
1: Well, we had a one bedroom apartment. Um, when I went back to school, you know, we, we had a pretty modest one bedroom apartment. And when we first moved in, it was about $550 a month. And by the time we left, it was well over $800 a month. Oh wow. Um, and that's probably about a 700 square foot apartment. Wow. Um, and we lived, we lived in a suburb that was kind of neighboring the really cool suburbs. So we were we were kind of on the border there. So there was maybe a little bit cheaper, but um, most of the anywhere outside of the actual city of Dallas, um, you were talking seven eight hundred dollars for a one bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a house to rent a house is probably fifteen seventeen hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Um, just to rent you know a couple bedroom house. Um, So the cost of living really escalated while we were there uh, because it became such a hub and there were so many people moving there you know, people were in bidding wars to buy houses. Um, I had a friend that we, her and her husband were trying to buy a house. They were bidding on houses they didn't even look at. Wow. Because they, they their realtor had a checklist and if, if the house met that list, they automatically put a bid in for it. Wow. They didn't even see them. It's like, we'll
0: go look um, at it later. <laughs> yeah, pretty much
1: because that that's how hot the market was and that's, that's cool so for crazy. sellers, not so much for buyers. Right. Um, but the the other thing though, that we found we preferred about Katanning is just um, more of a sense of community and more authentic relationships. Um, Dallas Fort Worth is full of optimism and opportunity, but it's also full of um, really pretty people who hide their struggles and hide their baggage behind closed doors. Yeah. Um,
0: like a fakeness kind of yeah, thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and not that that's, I mean, I think that's an even more prevalent problem because of social media sometimes. You know, it's really sure. easy to put on a good front on Facebook yeah. or Instagram or whatever your social media choice is. Um, and then behind closed doors, your life's a wreck. That's an easy thing to do. It just seemed like it was an even bigger problem there because of how much opportunity and money and influence and stuff was going around in those areas. Yeah. Um, you know, an example I can think of is... You know, Dallas, Fort Worth is such a prosperous area, but it's also one of the biggest areas in the country for bankruptcies, uh, for personal bankruptcies. So while everyone puts on a good front and drives a nice car, there's also record high bankruptcies, too. And, um, you know, we went to a really great church there. It was a, you know, big church in the community, had multiple locations even, um, you know, and we had, you know, a woman who... Um, you know, her and her family seemed like they had everything going for them. everything was going right, looked great on the surface. in one day she came home and was shot in her own home when she came home that day. and it turns out it was her husband had hired somebody to kill her.
0: Oh my god. And
1: so that that really makes you pause when you're like, okay, this this whole family looked like they had it all together yeah. and were the perfect family. But everything was so bad behind closed doors that her husband had gone out and found somebody to try to murder his own wife. I mean, oh that's goodness. that is a level of, of um, you know,
0: like deception.
1: Yeah, it, it was it was really heart heartbreaking. And thankfully, the woman survived the, the shooting. But, you know, that that really sent a lot of ripples uh, yeah. through the whole community and through our church, because um, how do you make sense of that? Yeah. So um, definitely people in containing are a lot more forthright.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: if they got a problem with you, they'll they'll probably tell you about it, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, which is good and bad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but there's none of that, oh, bless your heart, and I'll, ta- I'll talk about you when you leave. Right, you know, right. it's it's a lot more upfront. So I, we do appreciate that part of it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that too. Like if my customers have a problem, I'll always get a phone call pretty yeah. much that won't be like, it's not this fake front, and, but it, mm-hmm. but that allows you to then engage in conversation and oh, actually yeah. solve the issues. So, Absolutely. I mean, I love that.
1: It's easy to fix the problem you know about. Right. It's really hard to fix a problem you don't
0: know about. Yeah. yeah <laughs> All for right. Sure. Well, that maybe can segue right into our chiropractic <laughs> talk here. Oh, I wa- okay. I want to know a little bit more about your business. So... I know you, we've talked a little bit about um, mm-hmm. kind of how you how you do business, I know you mentioned a little bit about how you mm-hmm. take longer with patients, those kinds yeah. of things. So like what all services do you offer at your place? Any, any kind of specialties do you have? Mm-hmm. Any of that kind of stuff? Just tell me a little bit more.
1: Um, well, for anybody who's not familiar with chiropractic in general, um, chiropractic care is geared toward addressing structural issues that have impact on the whole body. Um, so, for instance, this, the brain and nervous system control everything in your body, whether it's direct input or it's more indirect. Sure. Um, so, you know, controlling the motor, motor movement of your muscles um direct input into some of the hormonal things that happen into your body and start that cascade off um huge influence on your immune system all of these things yeah and so we really want to make sure that that master computer that's running the show is healthy and functioning at its top because if the computer isn't working you know nothing's going to work quite right right um so we absolutely want to make sure that that is well taken care of and so um with chiropractic care, we can access the nervous system through the spine. The spine has more joints in it than any other area of the body. Um, each level of your spine, depending on where it is, can have 13 or more joints at each level. Oh, wow. And so those joints give a lot of input into the brain. Mm-hmm. And so I can access the nervous system through the spine, almost like a fuse box. Yeah. Um, so that's really you know the access point for us. Um, so when I'm looking at a patient, I'm looking at, How is their body functioning overall? And there's different things I'm gonna look at to give me some clues. Um, an obvious thing I may look at is their posture because mm-hmm. there's a very direct link between posture and function um, of several different systems. So if somebody's got poor posture, or if they're sitting there and their one shoulder's up and the other shoulder's down, I know there's other things going on that are wrong.
0: Yeah. I feel um, like I need to sit up now. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Um, so is one thing we look at. We, you know, we take x-rays in the office, so I want to see the actual bones to see how they are faring mm-hmm. if they're healthy and robust it tells me that you know the body is functioning in a better way if there's lots of arthritis if there's lots of signs of injury you know then we know we've got work to do there so you're going um,
0: pretty in-depth with people yes. uh, that's like an initial consultation Yes, okay. yes.
1: Um, you know we also I'm checking things like their reflexes because that's a deep tendon reflexes is, is prime neurological territory we want to make sure that those are working Um, we check the sensory on your skin to make sure that you're feeling things normally throughout your arms and legs and um, you know I do a history with with patients I want to know everything about what's been going on. I need to know their surgical history. We need to know, um, my female patients, I ask them if they've had any babies, did they have C-sections, did they have vaginal births, did they have difficulties? That actually changes a lot how we address things in the low back and pelvis. Mm -hmm. Um, If I have a patient who has a history of concussions, that changes a lot of how we care for them as well. Um, So we need to know all of it. And so, you know, my my patients start out with a big questionnaire that gives me a snapshot. We go through their history. You know, we're gonna look at X-rays. We're going to look at you know sensory. We're going to look at the reflexes, muscle strength. Um, a lot of times, I'll watch them walk to yeah. see how how their knees and feet and ankles are interplaying with everything. Um, we'll check range of motion to make sure, like you can turn your head the Proper amount from <laughs> side to side. I can't tell you how that should make you feel good as an insurance agent. Yeah, that I make sure my patients can turn their head
0: to look <laughs> right uh, to look
1: when they're driving. Can they get over their shoulder? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, th- you wouldn't believe how much of a common issue that is. And oh, that's, that's a very common feedback I get is oh man, I can look and see so much easier when I'm driving. Wow, that's a really common feedback I get. Really, yes, that's really you cool. should be happy with I that, am as an super agent. Happy about that. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. So, we really want to make sure that whole system is functioning at its best yeah um and so it may you know a lot of times my patients will call me up because something hurts really bad and of course we're going to address that because yeah. that's my what I goodness. always think of when yeah. I think of chiropractor absolutely like, I pull
0: up my, put up my back and yeah like, oh, I need some help <laughs> absolutely
1: but you know one of the biggest wins for chiropractic is a lot of the issues that don't come about because you've been under good care
0: yeah so
1: um that's actually some of my you know favorite things yeah. um there's a lot of research out there about young people, little kids who've been under chiropractic care, their lives and, you know, the trajectories they have of good health. And so, you know, my little girl, uh, let's see here. When I had my daughter, I had one of my friends who was a chiropractor at the birthing center with me and adjusted me while I was in labor. And then my daughter was adjusted the first time by someone else when she was four days old. Oh, wow, okay. So, yeah, so she's been getting checked and adjusted since she was four days old.
0: Wow, okay. <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about the links, like with health. You're saying that if, if you start with chiropractic care just as a, um, a precautionary or like a kind of regimented thing from a young age, you have better health outcomes later on in life?
1: Well, if you can imagine um, – you know, let's let's use a car for example. Yeah. Um if you buy a brand new car off the lot uh-huh. and you take it in and get your oil changes every three thousand miles mm-hmm. and you get your service checks done and you change your filters and you change your tires and have your tires rotated and do all those things that we all know we should do, but maybe we kind of forget about or put them off. Right. Um, you know that you're putting the odds in your favor that your car is gonna last longer and function better. Okay. And I think that chiropractic care is much the same way. Um, I want to help my patients put the odds in their favor, whatever life throws at them. Yeah. Um, So whether it's somebody who is, you know, an older patient and they just want to maintain as much mobility as they can so they can stay in their home longer and not have to go to an assisted living facility or have someone come in to help take care of them, that is a great goal for chiropractic. Yeah. Um, Or if it's helping your kids, you know, optimize their immune system function so that they get sick a little bit less often through their school years. That's a great thing too.
0: And that's something I never really think about when I think of (laughs) chiropractor, but that's, that's awesome. Um, it kind of like when I go into, um, I don't know if you got to hear the podcast a few weeks ago with Mm Joanne, Um, but um, you're kind of approaching from a body standpoint first, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing. Yes. Um, she's approaching from kind of a mental standpoint mm-hmm. or a emotional standpoint first. Mm-hmm. But you both kind of have the same mission, it seems like, of this holistic medicine where Very much. all those things have to play together in yeah. order for you to be truly healthy. Absolutely. And so do you see a lot of links between that? I'm just curious, like between oh physical gosh. health, mental health, emotional health?
1: Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And chiropractic philosophy, the actual thought process behind chiropractic is very congruent with that, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because as chiropractors, we're addressing structural issues that come up because the body hasn't been able to process something that's been thrown at it. Mm -hmm. So whether it's a physical stress like a car accident, you know, everybody thinks about that, or if it's more subtle, like you just have been sitting with awful posture at your desk for the last five years and now you're feeling the effects of that. Um, or it can be chemical stresses maybe you're just really having a poor diet um, or you're you know eating something that you don't realize you're allergic to or anything like that I mean Mm. we all know we all know what the what we should be eating and what we shouldn't most of that's that's not rocket science but um, you know that's a that's a stressor that most of the time your body can you know take care of itself pretty well but you know you may reach a point where your body can't overcome that, and then you know your your system uh, is affected the whole the whole body. Right. Um, but emotional stress is also a big thing. If you're under a ton of stress at work and you have no healthy way of coping with that, your body is going to bear the brunt of that too. Yeah. Um. And and so I can tell very quickly when I start working on a patient if they've had a bad week.
0: That's just crazy, um, huh? Yeah. I mean, their I mean, body
1: tells a story. It real makes quick. so
0: much sense though, because you. Like for me, I mean, when, mm-hmm. I, when I'm when i eating poorly for an extended mm-hmm. period of time, mm-hmm. I begin to feel it in, mm-hmm. my, in my mind first. Mm-hmm. That's what happens first yeah. is like you kind of have that addictive, like if I'm eating sugar a lot or if I'm drinking too much coffee, it's like that addictive mm-hmm. side of my mind just kind of takes over and I'm more reactive instead of proactive mm-hmm. in my mind. And then you can start to feel it in your body if I'm right. there too long. And so I've actually started like vegan diet every couple of months just mm-hmm. to kind of like hit the reset button on things mm-hmm. for myself mm-hmm. and just kind of bring everything back into balance. But, yeah. um, I've never been to a chiropractor, but now I'm thinking like, man, maybe I should go get my oil change, so to speak, <laughs> um, and just do some maintenance on myself because, yeah. you know, I've had my back out a couple times and, oh, you know, like, and that's no fun. it's horrible. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't want to go there again. Yeah. And if you could do something now to prevent that from happening again, yeah. that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, um, I was not a fan of chiropractic my whole life. I actually never saw a chiropractor until I was 24 years old. And um, I had gotten thrown off a horse when I was 13. And from age 13 to 24, I had horrendous low back pain all the time. And I even had a flare up that was so bad my freshman year of college. I ended up in the hospital over it and was using a walker for almost a week because I couldn't stand up on my own power. Um, So being 19 years old and using a walker, like that's a really humbling experience. And it's a very sobering experience because you're you're mentally starting to think, what's (laughs) the quality of my life going to actually be? Yeah, Um, because at 19 years old, if I'm having these problems, what is the future going to hold? And that's a really scary place to be. Um, And so I ended up uh, when I was 24, one of my friends that I worked with got tired of hearing about me gripe about my back. <laughs> like like so many people who've come into my office, um, a dear friend was like, you need to shut up about this and go see my chiropractor. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, you're kidding me. Those people are witch doctors. What are you even talking about? But desperate times, desperate measures. Um, and so I found myself in Dr. Zachary Clark's office. He's a chiropractor who's in Buffalo. His office is right by uh, Ralph Waldo Stadium, where the Buffalo Bills play. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for the first time in all those years, he actually had a diagnosis of what was happening with me, explained why it was happening, and explained what we could do to fix it, um, and gave me a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd seen orthopedic specialists, like, you know... Even when I was in high school, I mean, I I know I went to see the guy who at the time was the team doctor for the Steelers. So it wasn't like I was just dealing with it. I was actively trying to get better. I just didn't have the right tools. And so um, under under care with Dr. Clark, I ended up being pain-free in three weeks of treatment with him for the first time in those 11 years. That was a huge moment for me. Um, I always joke around, if we ever had a boy, I was going to name him after him. <laughs> we had a girl, so kind of lucked <laughs> out, you know, so we got to pick our name there. But, um, you know, that, that definitely changed me into a fan of chiropractic. Yeah. Um, and so...
0: Is that kind of when you decided, hey, this is what I want to do for my life?
1: You know what? It wasn't until a while later when I found myself at a transition point in my career that I decided to make the jump. Yeah. Um, but I, again, I was a huge fan and i don't know how many friends and family i had sent to chiropractors at that point um but you know so many of my own patients come in because they're hurting and i understand that and and we work on that believe me i i focus really hard on on getting them out of pain as fast as possible with as little treatment as possible But at the end, my goal isn't just to get them out of pain. My goal is to set them up to have the best future trajectory on their health. So it's not unusual, you know, kind of coming back to where we were talking about emotional challenges and things like that. It's not unusual for me to talk to my patients about managing their stress levels and giving them some tools for that. Um, There's a really great app with breathing meditations I recommend to my patients all the time or um, you know getting out and being active or getting out in nature you know whatever it is that really helps them deal with life Absolutely. Um, life is going to be stressful it doesn't matter what what stage of life you're in it's going gonna, it's gonna to have its own unique stresses right. and we have to accept life on life's terms yeah. um, and just find a healthy way to manage that um, so I talk about stress a lot I give patients tools a lot for managing stress um, you know If somebody shows signs that they may have some food allergies or food sensitivities, I'll give them some protocols that they can work through to help identify that. Um, You know, and if, and quite frankly, there's sometimes people walk into my office and my office isn't the right place for them to be. Yeah. And I'm okay with sending them to somebody who is the right provider for them because um, while chiropractic care is amazing and it's beneficial, Um, you know what if somebody walks into my office and they need to see a neurosurgeon or they need to see their MD or if they need to see an orthopedist then that's where they need to go and that's totally fine with me
0: yeah so you're looking at healing the person not just uh, making making another appointment and making some extra dollars yeah and so that's what bothers me so much about the medical community as a whole and that's why I love to hear you talk like that because it feels like like when I go to the hospital, they're uh-huh. like, oh, let's run these 20 extra tests. And then I find out later that those 20 tests cost my insurance $3,500. And it all it feels mm-hmm. like this money making scheme. Mm-hmm. And so when I hear you talk about that, that, hey, we just want to get the people the right care and get them out of pain and get them what they need and, and mm-hmm. bring actual healing to them. I don't know, that's just like a breath of fresh air to me, (laughs) so thank you for that. Oh,
1: thanks, (laughs) thank you.
0: Um, Well, I just have a couple other questions. I'm gonna take it just a little bit different direction than what we had here, if that's okay.
1: Absolutely, fire Um, away.
0: So when we, you're you're in Catanning, I'm (laughs) assuming like you're here for the long haul, what are you hoping yeah. like what do you hoping your contribution to the city is going to be over the next 10, 20, 30 years? What's that mm-hmm. look like for you? Like what's your what's your vision?
1: Um yeah, we're in Katani for the long haul. I not only own a business here, but you know, I own a house in Katani right. as well. <laughs> You're invested um, now. Yeah, so <laughs> the roots are going deep. Yeah. Um yeah, so we're we're planning on being here for the long haul. Um and my biggest goal is just is really just being a good citizen in the community because, you know, as a business owner, I get some opportunities to contribute in different ways. Um, you know, like uh, we're doing the application process and everything to be part of DKI. And so, you know, we're hoping to be part of the light up night and contributing that way. Um, also, you know, just being a resource for the community too. Um You know our our rep from upmc insurance gave us notice you know there's a big dental clinic coming up for kids soon and so you know just being able to get that information out to patients so that if they need to those services they can access them so First and foremost, just using our business to not only support our family but also to be a good citizen and a good contributor to the community—that's that's really important to me. Yeah, um, you know, and I think that containing has a lot of potential and could really grow in a couple different directions. And and I hope that just being part part of that and and being a good citizen, being you know, um, just a good. Cog in the wheel, yeah. you know, can can participate in that. So that's really important to us.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah. how can people get in touch with you from a business standpoint? And what's the? I don't even know if we've said the name of your business. Oh. <laughs> let's let's say the yeah. name of your business, and then how can people yeah. get in touch with you if they need help?
1: Um, my the name of the practice is Foundation Chiropractic. Okay. <laughs> um, we kept the exact same office as Dr. Flanders did, so we are right behind the post office in downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, you can even schedule online. Our website is www.foundationcairopa.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, we also have a Facebook page too. So you awesome. can Uh, You can go online or you can call us at the office and and get in if if you need help. We're absolutely thrilled to take care of
0: people. And I'll make sure to put all those links in the description on this video as well or on this podcast if you're watching this down the road when I've actually figured out how to put this onto an actual podcast. Oh, nice. Um, (laughs) So we'll put all that on there. So if you need to get in touch with Amanda, then you'll know how to do that. Um, So last question. Okay. You have a daughter. She's yes. two years old? Yes,
1: yeah, she just turned two. Okay.
0: So you grew up in Katanning. Mm-hmm. Your daughter, since you're going to be here for the long haul, is going to grow up in Katanning. Mm-hmm. What's your hope and dream for her that she'll experience, that, that her childhood would be like in this city that would be different than yours? Hmm.
1: I definitely want her to experience what it's like to have... Options Um, because I think that was one of the things that was so tough about the era I grew up in in this area was people didn't feel like they had options Um, So I want her to feel that she has options in life Um, and also just to Experience that that the world is a big place and Katanning is a really cool place and and I've come to appreciate in my age that you know, it's a better place than I gave it credit for when I was younger, yeah, absolutely, for sure. But, um, you know, the world's a big place. And, and so I want her to have that very healthy perspective of Katanning is, is home. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of good things about it, but there's uh, there's a big world out there as well.
0: Yeah. And I believe that for the future of our city, that there's like, there's an opportunity here, like as the turnaround of Catanning happens, mm-hmm. there's so many towns like Catanning out there, like mm-hmm. Rust Belt towns that mm-hmm. were left behind by manufacturing mm-hmm. and had that depression era Mm -hmm. so to speak yeah and it's like as that turns around i i just i don't know i just really love seeing people like you come into the city and just say hey we just want to be a part of the turnaround and you're going to raise your family here and as your kids and my kids Mm -hmm. grow up where they're Mm -hmm. pretty close in age oh yeah mine are between one and five and i have a two-year-old as well so Mm -hmm. um as they're growing up i want them to have that Texan pride a little bit of like, hey, I'm from Catanning and that's a good thing. Yeah. And, you know, we're a comeback city and we're like hard nosed and we know how to work and we're going to go anywhere yeah. and succeed no matter what yeah. we do in life because absolutely. we're from Catanning, dang it. <laughs> and so, you know, that's how I feel about it. I just yeah. like, uh, I don't know, just gets me excited to hear about that about, for you. And um, yeah. I'm just so glad you're in town.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're excited to be back. And it's nice to feel part of a, a tight knit community and getting to know my neighbors and um, that closeness was definitely something we didn't experience that much in Texas. So it's, yeah. it's a, nice, a nice thing. Well,
0: that's awesome. Yeah. Well, as you're moving forward with your business, if you mm-hmm. have new things coming out, whatever, please keep us all posted. Oh, absolutely. Um, hopefully everyone will go on and like your Facebook page and we'll yes. go check out your website. <laughs> and then um, hopefully I'll have you on again sometime.
1: Awesome. I would love that. All right. Thank well, you. I
0: so appreciate your time. As always, you guys, God bless you. We will uh, Thanks, see you in the next one.